Buddhist Geeks. Seriously Buddhist, seriously geeky. Episode 155, The Dharma of Second Life. This week, we're joined by Zen teacher Jiyun Foster, who shares his experience with both teaching and practicing Dharma in the virtual world of Second Life. Buddhist Geeks is supported largely by the generosity of our listeners. If you like what we're doing, please consider making a one-time or monthly recurring donation by visiting BuddhistGeeks.com forward slash donate. Hello, Buddhist Geeks. This is Vince Horn, and I'm joined today over Skype in the interwebs with Jiyun Foster. Jiyun, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, and it's a rare treat, too, because I you just told me that you've been actually listening to Buddhist Geeks since, I think, like, episode three. So, <laughs> one of the few. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a pleasure listening to your program Evolve, and now, uh, of course, you guys have all of the new ventures lining up, so I'm excited about those things. I'm waiting for the digital magazine. Cool, cool. Thank you. So... We wanted to speak with you today about a topic we've been really interested in doing at some point, but just the stars didn't line up properly until today. And so we wanted to speak with you about Second Life and Dharma. And I think this is going to be really interesting because you're one of the kind of pioneers who've been teaching Dharma in the Second Life virtual world, and we'll get into that more. But just a little background. So you are the Dharma holder of the Five Mountain Zen Order, and you're also the abbot of a newly forming group in Cincinnati. What are the websites for the Cincinnati group, just so people can go check it out if they're in that area? Sure, actually, it's uh, pretty simple. It's CincinnatiZen.org. Okay, cool. Uh, So it's all strung together like one word. Nice, and there's also going to be information on there, as I remember, for the stuff you do in Second Life, which would apply to pretty much everyone. Right, So they can check things out. We have a whole page dedicated to that. Perfect, perfect. So, yeah, jumping right into Second Life. Uh, <laughs> so, you've been, been recently, and for a while, I guess, offering talks and leading group meditations and even doing one-on-one interviews with people in Second Life, which is basically a kind of virtual online world where people walk around kind of with avatars, their virtual selves. You actually have a dedicated space there that you've been teaching at called the Second Life Zendo. And I was wondering if we could start there just by exploring maybe what it's like just being a participant who comes on to Second Life to practice with you. What's that experience like? Well, I'm sort of speculating since uh, I've only been on my end. But if what they experience is anything like what I experienced when I started off, you know, it's a little weird at first. There's a lot of video gameishness uh, aspects to this, and it, it takes some getting used to. You know, there's kind of a technical learning curve there. I was fortunate enough to have somebody hold my hand at the very beginning, even to the point of creating a, a skin, an avatar that looks like me, and saying, here you go, log in as this, and, and we'll take you to your place. Uh, so that was great. You know, without that, it, I think, well, it, it can be strange. People seem to, uh, to warm up to it, though, fairly quickly. I've had a number of people check it out for the first time. A number of our local students and uh, some of our seminary students have logged in to check it out. We're planning on doing some of our coursework in Second Life as well now. 
the experiences have been positive so far. Nice. And it's kind of interesting. The Zendo actually in Second Life sort of looks like a real Zendo. Yeah, it, it, it took us uh, some time. There are a number of Buddhist-themed temples and, and Zendos in our general area. There's a Nichiren Shu temple, which looks like a traditional Japanese temple. It's gorgeous. I mean, even down to the landscaping outside, Boundless Way Zen, James Ford's group, has a Zendo there, which is just this lovely sort of open-air structure. It's on an island in the middle of an ocean, so you've got waves crashing around. It's very dramatic. Our Zendo is a little tame compared to both of those, but uh, it's still really very nice. It's one of the really cool things about Second Life is you're really only limited by your imagination. A lot of Zendos here in North America turn out to be rehabbed houses that uh, people have repurposed for uh, a Zendo, whereas in in Second Life, uh, you know, we've got this amazing two-story structure, something that we would love to be able to build physically, whereas there it just took talking with somebody who knew what they were doing and kind of describing what we wanted, and 15 minutes later, there's a building. Wow. That's cool. And people actually sit on digital Zafus and and sabotons, right? <laughs> they do. Yeah, you walk in. You know, it's it's set up to be as simple as possible. It's kind of a one-click process. In Second Life, everybody can do full Lotus. So, you know, that's kind of cool. Nice. Um, you know, I've often wondered at times if during our meditation periods, if, you know, people kind of click to sit down and then mute their microphone and get up and go watch TV or vacuum or whatever it is they have to do. Um, <laughs> no, I honestly, I, I think people... People really enjoy this. You know, there are a lot of people that are interested in the Dharma, that want to practice, that want access to teachers and to a Sangha. And uh, usually for reasons of geography, they just don't have that. Where now, if they have access to the internet, they can log in and not only can they interact with a supportive Sangha, but they can have access to Korean Zen teachers, Japanese Soto Zen teachers, Japanese Nichiren teachers, Tibetan, Theravadan, you know, all of this stuff. And as more and more guest teachers come in to speak, some kind of big name people that, you know, you might otherwise only be able to read their book in Barnes & Noble or something. But now you can sit down and receive live Dharma talks, do interviews. It's amazing what this technology has opened up as far as possibilities. And how would you compare, because I'm sure you've used some of these other virtual technologies like email and video chatting and social networking and all these sorts of things. How would you compare kind of the advantages and disadvantages of Second Life as a unique medium to these other types of mediums online? I think it it has mostly advantages, which is why we're really focusing on it now. The biggest disadvantage, I think, is just the initial learning curve and getting off of Noob Island. Beyond yes. that, though, it's pretty straightforward, especially if you can connect with somebody right away that says, here you go, do this, and spends maybe 15 minutes with you getting the basics down. We've tried Skype video calling before, which is great for one-on-one, you know, especially for interviews and things like that where you can see the person directly. We've tried email our seminary has an online Moodle site you know, for a lot of our uh, course interaction. 
But the biggest advantage that I've found with Second Life is that it gives you the audio communication with a large group of people and the visual component I think I really underestimated at first when I you know agreed to do my first talk people really identify not only with their own avatars but with the other people around them you know when when we have a class or a dharma talk and there's the instructor or the the dharma teacher or you know whatever sitting up in front and you know here are the people sitting over here the interaction after a few minutes even for you know first time users it almost becomes second nature you know you really are sitting there interacting with these other people you know it's very immersive and i think for something like this the more we can take away that level of artificiality you know that i'm sitting here at my keyboard staring at a computer screen and the more we can encourage that direct communication between the teacher the student the other students to each other the better and second life is really surprisingly good at doing that hmm. um, i was really impressed the moment i logged in and I had somebody spend that first 15 minutes with me saying, this is how you move. You know, I still bump into things every now and then, but, uh, you know, that's all right. <laughs> nice. Not unlike real life, right? It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, one thing I thought would be interesting to ask is now having been familiar for a while with Second Life, even though you're still bumping into things a little, would <laughs> you ever consider doing like a longer retreat, like a weekend session or week-long session or something more intensive on there? You know, that would be tricky. I think there's an aspect to long retreats that you really can't replicate in an online environment. And that's sort of the pressure cooker effect of being in sort of this closed environment, mostly silent, interacting with these other people, getting up early. You know, there are parts of it you can do. And I'm sure it's possible, but it certainly wouldn't be the same. Whereas like a Dharma talk, that I would almost say there's a close one-to-one comparison. Interviews, not quite as good as being right there with somebody. There are some limitations. For a longer retreat, it would take some coordinating and honestly, I hadn't really considered it until you asked me the question. And now now you've got my mind turning and I'm thinking, you know, maybe we could. I know <laughs> Jundo Cohen has done some similar things mm-hmm. with his group. And I, I'm not sure what technology they use. In fact, he's been in Second Life. He did a Dharma talk in Second Life not too long ago. You know, I think it could be done. Now that you've got me thinking about it, yeah, <laughs> I'm considering it. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we'll have to get you back on if you do end up trying something like that to see how the experiment goes if you do it. <laughs> yeah, I've actually I've had a number of people talk to me about doing uh, ceremonies online. I guess uh, Jindo Cohen did the first ever online Jukai precept ceremony. And I believe they did that with a number of like Skype and Ustream, a number of uh, video calling technologies. So I'm thinking about talking to him about what he thinks of coordinating something like that in Second Life. Because ultimately, I don't think, especially with 
a Mahayana-based precept ceremony where uh, you know, you're looking at the Bodhisattva precepts, I don't think there would be any real problem with that. That's something that uh, we're kind of thinking about doing. Very cool. Thank you. It's really interesting to hear about all the things happening in Second Life, and it's definitely exciting me because I, I want to go in there and finally get off Noob Island and check it out. <laughs> cool. So, moving forward, we wanted to actually conference in another person, Adam Tebe, who is the person kind of behind all of these different Zen teachers, including you, getting on Second Life. He's the one that kind of helped you out, like you'd mentioned. So we're going to patch him in here in a moment and then ask him about his organization, Canon G. Okay. Adam, are you there? Hello. Hey. This is Yeah, absolutely. Glad we could patch you in and um, wanted to ask you a quick question. This is Adam Tebe, by the way. He's the um, person that kind of put together this organization called Canon G, and he's the one that's been helping different uh, Zen teachers get online. You've got your own island in Second Life, is that right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, cool. So you're the kind of uh, evil wizard behind this yeah, whole thing. I wave my wand and, and something manifests right before me. It's really fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, when, when I had mentioned the uh, somebody coming in and 15 minutes later, there's a building. Yeah, Adam, is that somebody? Nice, the wizard. Yes. Cool. So I was wondering if you could tell me then a little bit about Canon G. Like, how did it start and what's your kind of main vision behind it? Sure. We started October of last year, and it was originally just a place for people who were – because I noticed that there were a lot of people in Second Life that were interested in Buddhism. And so we, we started it as just a place for people to come and, yes, virtually meditate, but hopefully also taking the time to meditate at home as well at the same time. You know, there's no way to check that – and I went for a good eight months doing that, and I kind of got really tired of it because actually it was just me running the place. And we went ahead and switched recently to get it uh, group owned. So now th- there's like 20 different group owners and all kinds of people that volunteer to run these meditation times. So it runs much smoother. But I took time off from Second Life because I didn't see the point really. And I started the website sweepingzen.com. And it was through there that I was interviewing different Zen teachers and I realized, hey, you know, maybe I could start inviting these people to come to Second Life and give some talks to people because there were always people in Second Life who were representing themselves as a Buddhist teacher, but you know they were full of crap. Right. And so that was a big problem. And so I wanted, since there were people that were looking for that, I wanted to be able to give them the opportunity to meet people that actually were who they say they are. So that's the idea behind it all. And we're just looking to carry it through with teachers from all different traditions, Theravadan, Tibetan traditions, Zen traditions, obviously. So we just want to, we don't want to be sectarian in the way we do this. Very cool. And for people who want to find out more about it, I know you have a schedule of the different things happening in Second Life on your website? What is the website for Canon G? CanonGblogspot.com. Okay. And it's K-A-N-N-O-N-J-I? Correct. Yes. Okay, great. Cool. So, yeah, CanonG.blogspot.com. Go check it out and go listen to Juin Foster give a Dharma talk in Second Life and uh, <laughs> check out his very lifelike avatar. Absolutely. Looks just like me 20 years ago. 
(laughs) (laughs) Cool. And thank you, Adam, for joining us. I really appreciate you sharing a little bit. Thanks for inviting me. Join us for the fourth annual Buddhist Geeks Conference, hosted in partnership with Mindful Cyborgs and Shambhala Sun from October 16th through the 19th in beautiful Boulder, Colorado. This year's conference will be exploring the convergence of Buddhism with modern culture and technology through informative keynote presentations, idea-packed TED-style talks, self-organizing community dialogues, and contemplative workshops and practice periods. This year's list of presenters includes the world's most quantified man, Chris Dancy, abbot of the village Zendo in New York City, Roshi Pat Enkyo O'Hara, and pragmatic Dharma provocateur, Daniel Ingram, as well as many others. For more information and to register, visit BuddhistGeeks.com conference. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.